Blog Talk Radio. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's your man, Heavy Handed Jay, and I'm back, man. It's a heavy handed edition. It's a big fight week, man. It's Friday night. I'm late, but I still have to get it in. Uh, Give me a second, guys. I'm going to send out a tweet real quick. Talking about the fight. Call in at, I know the number, 917-889-8022. 917-889-8022. If you don't know, now you know. Um, one second here. One second. I'm gonna get to the shits. Hold on. Here it go. Bam. <clears throat> so it's a heavy-handed edition. Saturday tomorrow. It's the biggest fight of the year. Canelo Alvarez versus Gennady Golovkin two. Biggest fight of the year. Biggest fight the past two years. Uh. But before we get to that, guys, we had a good fight last week. Sean Porter versus Danny Garcia. Now, going into that fight, my pick was Sean Porter. I based that pick on the guy that I thought would dictate the pace uh, the, uh, versus the guy that I thought had a puncher's chance, which was Danny Garcia. Think about a puncher's chance. As we all know, with a puncher's chance, that means you have slim odds. That doesn't mean things are in your favor when someone says you have a puncher's chance. Most times that person loses that has the puncher's chance. And I just felt uh, my my base of why I felt Sh- uh, Sean Porter would be victorious in that fight was based upon, I felt Sean Porter had more tricks up his sleeve, a a few more tricks in the bag than uh, Danny Garcia did. I felt Sean Porter was quicker at the draw and much quicker by foot than Danny Garcia. That said, I felt Sean Porter could have more, at times, have the more dog in the fight than Garcia when he wanted to. And he could also be the person who could beat Danny to spots and get punches off and be able to get out of there when he wanted to. And I think most of that came to fruition just by uh, how the fight played out. I felt like Sean, when he wanted to box and be the more elusive guy and get beat Danny to spots, he was able to do that. He did get clipped at times. Um, and when Sean later in the later rounds wanted to turn up the pace, I felt like he was able to do that. And that was one of my main main premise of feeling Porter would win was based on Porter being able to make a pace that Danny wouldn't be able to be comfortable at. And if Danny's one of those fighters that he has to come forward, he can't can't really be effective going backwards. So I felt like Sean could make him go backwards. Sean could really push that pace and make it just hard for Danny to really get off the shots. Danny's not necessarily a counterpuncher. He's more of a catch-and-shoot guy. But uh, that gets clouded a lot of times. But a catch and shoot and a counter guy is is 
there is some difference there. But um, good victory for Sean Porter. Very excited for Sean Porter. This is one of those instances in boxing where the good guy finally wins. You know, the guy had a couple tough breaks. You know, Kell Brook, when he um, took a loss over there across the water. Then he went on um, in another close fight with Keith Thurman, as we all know, and took an L. Sean's just one of those good, honest, hardworking fighters. You know, the guys that's not about the bullshit, that just go out there and put in the work. And those are the guys that we want to see win sometimes, you know? Not the evil villain, not the guy that's, you know, whatever, philanderer or whatever these guys may be. Sometimes you just want to see the good guy, the guy that doesn't have all the talent in the world, not the blue chip, you know, the the Lomachenkos, the Crawfords of the world. We know they're great. But you want to see that guy that's not so great, that you could say, you know what, without all the hard work he puts in, he may not even be good. And I felt, I also felt that Sean Porter, we we would see a fight where Sean Porter would, quote, where it all comes together, unquote. You know that cliche where we say, you know, one of these days he's just going to put it all together. And I still believe, and I don't believe Porter put it all together. Uh, I will say that I don't feel like he uh, smothered his shots as much. Um, I feel like he's becoming a better boxer and relying less on his grit. But I still don't feel like he was able to put it all together in this fight. And I still think he has a fight in him where we see the guy who's able to box beautifully and the guy that's still the rugged dude. And it kind of comes together and together and meshes and you have this fighter in Sean Porter that we, uh, that's at its best, the best Sean Porter Sean Porter could be. Uh, I believe he and Kenny both go out every fight and think that guy's going to come to fruition and he just never does. But uh, I think he's improving. <clears throat> Big win for him. Uh, good performance for Danny, man. You know, <clears throat> Danny takes another L, you know, but no shame. You know, these guys can do this merry-go-round. You know, Danny still has some value. Danny's going to beat, you know, 95% of the guys they put in front of him. Uh, there's still plenty of fights out there for Danny, so uh, I don't think Danny has to worry. Danny, just get back to that drawing board. Danny got to work a little harder. I think the biggest uh thing that kind of came to the forefront in this fight and this is another thing I kind of uh hung my hat on when I made the pick is that I felt Sean Porter is the guy who just lives the life more Danny you know DSG and him and his dad you don't you know you don't know who, you know during the whole promotion Angel was just I, I truly realize now I, I liked Angel and I don't mind a ham. I don't know. I don't mind a guy cutting up for the cameras. I like to be entertained. That's what it, that's what we watch shit for entertainment, right? But I mean, damn, dude, Angel was literally fighting for camera time, literally. And so it got to be like, okay, this this guy does really want it. But so those guys just got to get back and uh, get back to the drawing board and get back to work. Get back to making Danny a better fighter. <clears throat> I don't feel like Danny's improved as much as Sean Porter has. And I think that's just a complete 
a tribute to sheer hard work, putting in the hours, putting in the miles on the track, putting in the, the rounds in the ring. And I think that Sean Porter lives that life. And that's why I'm so happy for him to get a big win, the WBC title, as a matter of fact, and make himself one of the players in the 147-pound division. Kudos to Sean Porter, man. Kenny Porter also. You know, I was once on the Boxing Voice and had the opportunity to talk to Kenny Porter. You know, kudos. Shout out to Ness. And just was like, you know, JP, uh, Kenny's online, man. Talk to him. I got to do some shit. You know, he said he got to do something. He like, JP, talk to him. Uh, and I had a strong stance with uh, Kenny. You know, I straight up told Kenny, I said, you know, I think Sean is a failed football player. I think he's one of those dudes who couldn't quite make it on the field and resorted to boxing as a second to th- third option because he just wasn't good enough on the field. And he said, well, little do you know that Sean's been boxing since the age of five. And I said, well, he still looks like a football player that converted to a boxer to me. And look here, man, football players can fight. Football players are tough, rugged dudes. You know, quick twitch muscles. Uh, I, I bet you get, you know, how many teams is there? So let's just say there's 30 teams in the NFL. You grab the fucking um, safety off of each team, whatever it be, or linebacker. I bet you them dudes can fight. <clears throat> even not classically trained. And I felt Sean Porter was just a failed football player converted into a boxer. His style screamed it to me. However, over time, you know, I'm always willing to be wrong. That's one of my mottos. I'm willing to be wrong. Prove me wrong. That means I get to learn something. And what I learned here is that, you know, people can improve. Even when you think you got them pegged out, you you just don't know. And Sean Porter is now the WBC champion at the welterweight division. Big up to Sean Porter, Kenny Porter, and team. All that hard work has paid off. Moving on, man. So let's get to the big fight, though, man. Canelo Triple G's going down tomorrow. Uh, You know, this is part two. Now, in part one, we had a lot of controversy. You know, I, for one, thought Triple G won the fight just based on aggression, um, activity, and being the guy that I I think, you know, even though, and look, I was a part of the demographic. There was once upon a time, let's say two years ago, on a lot of the boxing shows, the boxing voice, particularly for myself, um, where you had a lot of callers calling in, basically implying that us black callers didn't like Triple G, basically because he was white, and dominating us black callers say well you know we just see flaw in him we don't think he he his punch variety is good he seems to be kind of um basic to some degree um predictable to some degree um his punch uh, variety or you know he just doesn't mix it up well you don't see a uppercut cross uh, jab, you know, it tends to be more straight up, one, two, very basic and predictable. However, very good at it. Excellent at it. Look, man, these guys have great fundamental base. And and this actually kind of played out in the case of Kovalev, if we're talking about two years ago. Two years ago, 
You know, it was guys like myself who said, you know, he just seems to kind of jab and throw the right hand. Kind of a very, not basic, but predictable. It doesn't seem to be much variety. It doesn't mix it up. It seems like that's what's coming. And lo and behold, Andre Ward after a fight where, look, I was in the arena for the first fight. I thought Kovalev won in the arena. I got to keep it 100. While I was in the arena, I felt Kovalev won. I went back, watched it on tape a few times, could see a draw. But if not a draw, a win for Kovalev. Okay? But could see a draw. However, second fight, um, the guy who I deem as, like I said, Kovalev is very predictable. He does the same thing all the time at these times. I'm being called a hater. I'm actually being called racist by other people because I'm saying this thing about the crusher. But lo and behold, Andre Ward was able to come in. Um, the guy that didn't have the power, presumably coming into the fight, make total adjustments, was not afraid anymore of the, the whole mystique around the crusher and has paralyzed or killed him in, if I'm not mistaken, um, and come in there and knock him out. <clears throat> yeah, and the ghost left the building that day, and Kovalev has now since gone on to get his ass kicked by uh, Alvarez. So, yes, same thing, same rules apply. Gennady Golovkin we have today, and now people are saying, you know, Canelo's going to beat him because, you know, he just kind of slowing the trigger now. He's 36, saying he's old. Saying Gennady's old. Uh, 36 years old. Controversial fight. I thought Gennady won the first time around. Uh, you know, there was a lot of BS, for lack of a better word, promotion. We lost the first fight that was supposed to go down in May following the September 15th fight of 2017. We were supposed to have another fight in May, Cinco de Mayo, but Canelo tested positive for clenbuterol, right? So quick rundown on the clenbuterol. A lot of fighters that reside in Mexico test positive with clenbuterol, which is a banned substance, a performance-enhancing drug. Um, quick rundown about clenbuterol. It's used for cattle, for cattle to gain lean muscle. Humans use it. It can do all kind of shit. Um, depending on the testing agency, uh, this one being VADA, it's banned at a certain threshold. However, in other testing agencies, such as WADA, the World uh, Agency of uh, uh, Boxing, whatever, the, they're just different acronyms for distinct, different testing agencies <clears throat> that boxing could use. And, uh, however, WADA, uh, World Associate for Boxing, whatever, I, I don't know what it stands for, they allow none. Now they test for the Olympics from my from my understanding. And there's been cyclists that I've read that have tested with a point zero 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 a very low mark. The measurement that Canelo gave was way over the mark that others have been banned from competition for in other testing agencies. <clears throat> So Canelo 
two bad drug tests, missed fights missed, uh, leaves a bad taste in everyone's mouth. We are calling Canelo a cheater. Canelo's on pictures on the internet looking fucking ripped as shit out of the blue. There's all these pictures surfacing, you know, clembuterol this, clembuterol that. We all become uh, expert chemists for about a week, and we all know everything about clembuterol, uh, testing thresholds and marks, and what could possibly be what the what the excuse is for the fighters in Mexico is that it's a known that much of the meat, the beef, <clears throat> the cattle raised in Mexico is contaminated with the substance clembuterol due to it being used for the cattle. That said, seems to be a, a easy out for some of the fighters to be able to get the benefits of clembuterol and still be able to be, blame it on a bad taco. You know. I don't know. <clears throat> I personally think Canelo, my personal opinion about it, I say I think Canelo just said, you know what, this fucking guy's strong. Stronger than me. I'm coming up in weight class. I need to get my shit together. And let me tell you guys something, man. It's it's no coincidence these guys take these years off. <clears throat> uh, uh, my favorite Mayweather, he took some years off there. Mayweather's body transformations have been insane. Uh, my beloved, our beloved Manny Pacquiao, yeah, you don't run through eight weight classes. It's impossible. Period. Impossible. Impossible. You can't do that shit. Year off here, year off there, and come back buff as shit. <clears throat> you know, Canelo's thing has been rather transparent in the if if you're kind of chronicling his weight and how he's come down from the fight he checked in above 160 pounds fighting Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. and beat him pretty handily it looked pretty ripped and solid uh above 160 pounds I, I believe the fight was sanctioned at 162 pounds 68 something like that so uh give me a second guys clear my throat here But yeah, so promotional-wise, the fight has been kind of shitty. And that that said, man, I think that's why I've gone on record and said, you know, I just don't see the buzz around it. You know, the buzz. You know, and you think with the controversial decision in the first fight, there'd be even more anticipation for the second fight. And and for and in the first fight, these guys were like friends. Some kind of friends and they didn't have that real animosity towards each other. But since the first fight and Glufkin feeling like he got jobbed in the decision, he felt like and Abel Sanchez has been on record in saying that he, they seen needle marks on Canelo in the first fight. Just inflammatory accusations being thrown around. <clears throat> And now there's bad blood, real bad, bad blood. Uh, Canelo's talking about knockouts, and you'd have to assume knowing Canelo's the house fighter knows he has to get some kind of win convincingly. That said, he's going to come in there and he's going to come for blood. You think? 
all these aspects, and we still just don't have the same buzz, in my estimation, that we had the first time around. <clears throat> you know, the first time around, I was talking about this as a clash of the titans. <clears throat> fight happened and it ended up being rather technical, a very high-class technical fight of two guys that, you know, weren't sure about the other. So this time around, you'd have to assume that guys will be a little more relaxed, a little more willing to get in the phone booth, so to speak, and let the leather fly. But the buzz, you know, I, I, they say the, the numbers somewhere, I've heard numbers anywhere from 1.2 to 1.5 even. So let's just say it's 1.3. Um, I'm going to go on record and say a mil. Anywhere between 1.2, 1 million to 1.2. I don't believe it's going to get anywhere near a 1.3 or 1.5. I think a solid million, even nine, uh, you could see, let me just say 800 to 1.1. Okay. Just, just to make it solid. It could even come in under a million buys. I wouldn't be surprised. And I, and I don't know, if would that be a failure? Would it? I don't know. I don't know if that's a failure. You know, I, I think in today's climate, this fight hasn't been promoted very much from my, from my knowledge on ESPN or anything like that. It didn't seem to have as that many city press conferences. They haven't done a lot of face-to-face. HBO decided not to do the face-to-face thing they do with Max Kellerman, I think by Canelo's request, which was another interesting part of the the lead-up to the fight. Like, Canelo didn't want no face-to-face time with this guy. You know, my first inclination like yours is, what you afraid of? You scared to look him in the eyes? Who knows? Will that shit matter? I don't know. But uh, let's get to the let's get to some keys to victory. How about that? Keys to victory, man. <clears throat> so here's my uh, keys to, to victory for Canelo. I think Canelo cannot do what we all think he's gonna try to do is be some some fighter in the elk of Floyd Mayweather. He cannot do that. He doesn't have the stamina to do that. Nobody can do what Floyd Mayweather did. We've seen Floyd Mayweather do it so regularly and so often at a high class that we all started to think it must be easy. It's not easy to pull and punch and guys missing you inches, you know, completely putting their whole body into punches. And you always being the weaker man, just relying on your ability to react and dip and dodge punches. Your your best attribute is defense. That's not easy for your attribute to be defense. That's why we don't see it. People have to hearken back to, what is it, Henry Pep or Willie Pep in the early 1900s some goddamn time ago uh, to have anyone in comparison to Floyd Mayweather. So, for Canelo to come out here and try to pull a Floyd Mayweather act and try to do some slick shit all night, don't fucking try it. So my suggestion to Canelo is fight in the style of the late Miguel Cotto. You know the Miguel Cotto that fought Canelo? The Miguel Cotto, you know, the the guy who would, you know, use the jab, 
get them about three punches off every now and then again and get out of there. You know, the late Miguel Cotto, not the early Miguel Cotto that beat, you know, Pali Malinaji, the later version of Miguel Cotto, the recent one that we've seen recently. <clears throat> and uh, I, I, I think that's a good Miguel Cotto. I think Canelo is capable of doing that. And I think that's his best bet. I don't think he wants to stay in the stay in the booth too long with Golovkin. And I think he just he wants to pick his shots, get in and get away. <clears throat> and when he gets in, when he, he's gonna be looking to counter. Now I don't know if Canelo's a counter puncher or a catch and shoot puncher. I think he's catch and shoot. Now if you you think about James Kirkland knockout or the Amir knockout, which I don't not too impressed by either. Both were off a, a you could say, counter or basically catching the punch off of the other guy. And we could talk about that later. But when, uh, and it looks like it's what they've been working on in camp. When Canelo gets in there, he needs to make a shot count. You know, he needs to get in there and get off some good shots and get out. <clears throat> because, uh, it's basically a foregone conclusion that he's definitely going to need to be more busy than he had been in the past to pull out this fight. You know, Canelo could have got a more convincing win and, and it been more believable if he had just been a little more active in the first fight than he is, than he had, than he was. Uh, yeah. But that said, that is, a. Definitely a thing that Canelo needs to do. I think he needs to make a shots count. He needs to go to the body, and um, he needs to be able to get out out of uh, harm's way laterally. He can't lie on the ropes. Uh, Canelo has brilliant movement up top. You know, some of the best in the business waist up, but um, waist down always has needed some improvement. As far as Canelo's stamina, hey, guys. We we have the Canelo Alvarez that we're going to have. He's not going to, you know, we, we questioned this stamina many fights ago. And it has. 